Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left Lockdown. It's episode three of our rebooted radio show about video games. It's episode 400 and something of One Life Left proper. We're here on Resonance 104.4 FM and on whatever podcast provider you use. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. And for the next hour, we are going to be talking about video games and, you know, things tangentially related to video games. How are you, Simon? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right today. I'm, yeah, I'm, I felt really tired recently, and um, so uh, this lunchtime I had a nap, which um, you know feels I don't know. I should be still in the prime of my life, not uh, <laughs> <laughs> having a quick snooze. Um, so yeah, okay. But it's it does it does feel when you mentioned that uh, this is the third episode back. I was like, is it really only three? <laughs> have have we? Ha- has it got better? I um, I mixed last week, and there were some complaints on Twitter. <laughs> were there more complaints? Yeah, no, you know, it's not just about the quality of what we're saying; it's the quality mm. of the audio as well, isn't it? It's the double whammy. Well, we're trying a uh, we're trying another uh, combination uh, of tech equipment this week, so we'll we'll keep going until we get it right, and hopefully exactly. by the time we have, we'll be allowed back in the studio <laughs> as well. How are uh, you? I do. More I'm, I'm all right. I, I'm all right. Um, I've had a busy week because, uh, as regular listeners will know, in addition to my job making video games, I'm also part-time a a teacher at a university in London. And it's been the first week uh, of term there. So the first week of term is a week in which the students all get together and they build a game together. They, uh, They do a game jam over the course of the week. So that's been exciting and interesting and also a little bit exhausting. You were doing that in person, were you? Or were you a Zoom teacher? Uh, this week, it's been all online. But next week, uh, I'm I'm teaching in class. So socially distanced teaching. There's a third of the class are allowed in at any one time, which basically means I have to do every lecture three times, which is right. 
you know, I, I, I'm not sure whether it's better for people to be in the first lesson, you know, when they have my enthusiasm and like all the spark, <laughs> or the third lesson when I've practiced it twice and I'm now like absolutely on point. I think actually the answer is the second lesson because by the third lesson I I have no idea what I've said to who and it gets really really yeah challenging. I right, can I can I can I pop on? Can I pop into one of your classes and have a little look and see what you're teaching? That's a good question. Shake my head. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring you in as a guest speaker. No, I want to be. I want to be educated. There, sat at your... the back of the class. <laughs> what? So, having worked with them for uh, for a week, what's what's your uh, what's your view on their um, on their chances this year? What's the quality like? Genuinely, and I would say this regardless of the quality, but they're all brilliant. Um, yeah. I've been better than I've last been... year. Yeah, I, you know, I thought they rocked it last year, but this year, um, no, it's been it's been really really impressive. Actually, truthfully, uh, what we've found is that every year the students seem to have more experience building video games, which kind of makes sense because every year the tools get slightly more user friendly. Um, we talked for a long time about you know the democratization of the creation of video games, the ability for anybody to be able to make a video game. And that is very evident in the skills of the students that I see every year. It's also, as someone who's been making video games for 20 years, is absolutely terrifying because you are competing with more and more brilliant young people who have skills that you could not have dreamt of at their age and also have the drive that you feel slowly ebbing away. <laughs> so while I've got you then, uh, Dexter, <laughs> who was too young to uh, to uh, take your course, although maybe not virtually, um, he did a taster course with a company called White Hat Junior, who charged £20 a session okay. to run through uh, how to make games. Have you heard of them? I have not heard of them, no. Okay, well, they're, they're undercutting you, Steve. <laughs> um, Very much, yeah. But I was sent his curriculum... Uh, and uh, asked my opinion on it. Uh, module one, storytelling and animation. Those are two strange things to lump together, aren't they? I find that it's a bad idea to start with story design with game creation because essentially everyone wants to read you your everyone wants to read you their fan fiction, and they are more than happy to tell you a long, laborious story about um, aliens or, or goblins or. Um, anything else and none of that has to do with what the player is actually doing in a video game and if you start with that then it's harder to get them to think about mechanics which for me is the heart of a video game well uh, I will ask him to record his progress for us then in that case <laughs> we could do we, it we can we validate could. we can validate his learning yeah we could have a feature couldn't we is, is you know is Dexter interested in being on the radio show well, let's find out. <laughs> All right. Is it time for the news section? Let's do it. So, what have you discovered this week, Simon? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Uh, we keep talking about how the fact that time has no meaning anymore. When I sat down um, in preparation for One Life Left this evening, 
I was like, oh God, nothing happened last week, did it? What on earth are we going to talk about in the news section? So I opened up Eurogamer and I was like, oh, actually quite a lot happened, didn't it? So <laughs> probably the biggest story um, from last week uh, happened on Monday. Uh, if we were in the studio, we would have been able to have covered it live. Instead, we're playing catch up. Microsoft bought Bethesda and Zenimax. For $7.5 billion. That was a massive story and also reminded me that just as time has no meaning anymore, money doesn't really have a meaning either. I mean, that number is so big, I can't comprehend it. Um, it's bigger than Marvel. It's, it's bigger than Disney paid for Marvel. Is that right? Yeah. How long ago was that, that Disney bought Marvel? What is time? <laughs> it was just now, right? That's uh, that is ridiculous. So, what did they get for that that seven point five billion? They got all the stuff. Um, they got obviously uh, Elder Scrolls, right? Okay. They got Doom. They got uh, they got a couple of PlayStation exclusives. I mean, just just buy the console. That's what I got. <laughs> you would have got them anyway. Um, they got Deathloop and. Um, one other fallout they got fallout didn't they a uh, fallout yeah um uh wolfenstein prey rage the evil within and the upcoming starfield whatever that is um, <laughs> but yeah it was uh it was a pretty bold move um obviously paving the way for uh bethesda's content to go into game pass and, and in fact <laughs> they aren't messing around because i think doom eternal goes into game pass uh, beginning of October on Xbox and shortly after on uh, PC. Wow. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, good news for gamers, I think. Or, or sorry, good news for Xbox gamers. Good news for Microsoft. Even better news for the Bethesda execs. <laughs> so so I, I guess I have two questions here. I mean, this once again affirms that Microsoft are going all in on Game Pass, doesn't it? That's their strategy uh, this yep. cycle. Uh, you would have thought so. Um Sorry, uh, I was just um, slightly distracted there because Disney bought Marvel for $4 billion. So this is double that. It's almost two Marvels. Yeah. Um, so, that's, so that's one point. The other point is I read somewhere someone saying, actually, because the first reaction was like, so I'm never going to get, um, I'm never going to get a, a, the new Elder Scrolls game on PlayStation. But someone said that wasn't true that they thought that um, you still might get something to do with the publishing rights for these games. Yeah, so what Microsoft have said out of the gate is that they won't interfere with any uh, existing uh, exclusives. So I think um, so Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo mm -hmm. were two PlayStation-timed exclusives. So those will still happen. Um and, you know, looking at how they've behaved previously, you know, actually Microsoft is um, does put its games on other stores. So you look at Flight Sim, mm -hmm. that is available on Steam. You look at Minecraft, that's available on everything. So that's not to say that they've bought them uh, specifically to lock out other formats. That said, I would be very surprised if they were the same time uh on both PlayStation and Xbox. So yeah, obviously we will we will need to wait and see. Um but the early yeah, the early indications are it's going to be very very good for Xbox gamers and PlayStation fans will need to wait and see. 
do you think that the games that appear on the PlayStation will have to have the Microsoft logo on them? They do. Oh, that's a good question. I was going to say that they do on um, Switch, don't they? But yeah, uh, they're going to have to. They're going to have to. Interesting. For that amount of money, you want to put your put your logo wherever you like. They will do, won't they? All right. Do we have another news story? We do. Um, so again, in in this uneventful week, Amazon uh, finally announced their cloud gaming service, which a lot of people had been uh, speculating about for a while. Um, so joining the likes of Stadia, GeForce Now, uh, Project X Cloud. Um, Amazon is bringing streaming to its... Uh, it, it isn't integrated with Prime. It's a separate service, which will cost $5.99 a month, uh, introductory offer. But the idea there is that you're going to be able to play a range of titles uh, streamed. Those include Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale, Innocence, um, Grid, Resident Evil 7. So a, a real mix with mm. more being added over time. Um, you won't own them but you'll be paying this monthly uh, service in order to enjoy them over the internet. So uh, let's just, for a start, because we haven't talked about this for a while, let's catch up with where Stadia are at. Uh, we, were, we were chatting about them right, I think, at the end of our last season of One Life Left before lockdown, and we've, you know, we've endured a slightly difficult relationship with Stadia, tried to get uh, old Phil Harrison on the show, looked like <laughs> it was going to happen, were invited to a round table, and then, um, after a few days of silence, we're told there was no longer a seat at the round table for us. Which, you know, <laughs> one day, Steve, we, one day. We thought round tables didn't work like that. You could kind of budge everyone up and it'd be infinite people, but apparently not. And then, uh, and then Stadia got back in touch, and we've all got Stadia accounts now. Um, have you been using Stadia during lockdown? Um, do you know what? I did use it. Um early on we were launching a game on stadia and i have to say the uh the way that you can play games um ahead of launch so if you're the publisher or the developer ordinarily uh playing pre-release code if it's not on pc Mm. is 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 pretty tricky and certainly during lockdown you know a lot of companies have policies that do or do not let you take this kit home with them so we were launching ember into early access uh on stadia back in may and the ability just to fire up a build and and play that straight away was was uh, genuinely refreshing um so i was playing it for work um for pleasure i uh, i've got borderlands and i've got i bought uh the division two and i bought um uh ghost recon mm. um and uh yeah i've been enjoying those on and off um so yeah I've, I've been tinkering with it but it hasn't become my my my, my main gaming platform yet i i did um when they moved their app to allow you to use uh, a wider range of android uh handsets i messed around with that there and yeah it's still it's still pretty impressive uh firing up grid uh, which mm. i was which was in uh, stadia player i'm playing that on a galaxy tab um, so yeah, certainly a lot of promise there, but uh, it hasn't 
uh, has become my main platform of choice. I've heard nothing but good things about it from um, the people I know who've used it, uh, like you've just said there, but also I've heard nothing uh, about it at all for the last, I guess, six months, um, which I suppose is their challenge and ultimately will be Amazon's challenge as well. So that, you know... Uh, one of the biggest companies in the world now, and so they're not short of audience who they can sell this into. But that was the case for their last attempt at Amazon Gaming, wasn't it? The the Android store, which was always a bit awkward, having to, uh, you know, install this other app on your phone, and um, uh, that was always seemed destined to capture a, a small audience for me. But I wonder really uh, whether they're going to be able to draw people away from the natural platforms of of, uh, of Steam and increasingly the Epic Store, which is doing so by just throwing loads of free stuff at people. Now, Amazon are doing the same, right? Like, they are giving you free games, only the difference is you've got to pay for them. <laughs> like, you've got to have... You, th- th- that's the difference between them and, and Stadia, right? Like, so... Uh, so, obviously, joking about the games being free, but Stadia's model is that you have to still pay for your games. Amazon's is that you buy the subscription and like Amazon Prime or any other subscription service like Netflix, you get those games as part of your library. Is that right? Yeah. They, I mean, from, from, from what I can see, Stadia will be offering um, more... Uh, new more of the blockbuster titles so if you look at uh, cyberpunk that's coming out on stadia alongside playstation 4 xbox pc so if you don't have um any of the hardware available to play at the moment you will be able to play to buy it and and keep it on stadia without necessarily needing the grunt uh to to play yourself and of course that brings the other advantages that you can play anywhere um amazon looks like it'll be having more catalog titles so i don't think you're going to see any sort of launches but obviously that will be reflected in the price and then you've got project x cloud which they launched fully um two weeks ago and that's tied in with the game pass ultimate subscription so that enables you to play i don't think it's all of them but it's certainly many Uh, games um, that are available within the subscription service on a compatible uh, android uh, handset Uh, and i i was playing hotshot racing on it um so we don't have a um a specific version of hotshot racing uh when the service launched you were able to play it and you know i have to say i i i came first in in the in the in two of the three races that i played and so i was testing the uh latency really it's a 60 frame a second um arcade racer so there isn't a lot of room for error and yeah it, it, it worked it worked really well um and so yeah that that is tied in specifically with with the game pass content at the moment i i believe so yeah an awful lot of competing services and and they aren't just fighting for your money they're fighting for your time which is the most precious thing of all steve who's gonna win <laughs> gamers gamers we're all gonna win yeah any other news stories this week? Well, the the other thing that caught my eye, um, and there was uh, there was a hint of this before it actually happened, but uh, the classic Metal Gear Solid games, Metal Gear Solid One and Metal Gear Solid Two, have been re-released on PC, allowing us to buy them all over again. <laughs> That's good news for you. Because I'm, I'm very grateful. <laughs> I know how much you like playing the same game over and over and over again. Well, I. I turns out i like buying them mm. um you know as is the case with all of this all of this stuff um 
that uh, I think the, the idea of having them available to play on a modern PC is probably more attractive than actually doing it. So, you know, and, and then what well, I hadn't realised, so, so these have been um, repurposed by GOG, who did a similar thing with uh, Blade Runner, where they, where they take old, classic old games, do something with them, and uh, basically get them up and running on Windows 10 PCs. They're about seven or eight pounds each. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, you know, a lot of people who were initially quite excited about the prospect of them coming to PC are very grumpy because they are nothing more than just the original versions, which... I didn't realise at the time, came with uh, some technical issues and some challenges that meant that they weren't the best version. So actually, it turns out that if you want to enjoy (laughs) Metal Gear Solid on a modern PC, you need to buy it off GOG and then run um, a couple of um, fan-made patches which sort the stuff out that Konami and and presumably GOG didn't, um, that didn't tidy up uh, as they were... um, bringing them up to date so uh so yeah so I, I i own them i haven't played them i feel i feel a lot more comfortable knowing that if i wanted to i could but i probably never will it's all uh, very relevant to me this week because i bought the super mario 3d all-stars package uh so that i could play a game that i've played well three games that i've played uh and one game in particular mario 64 a game that i've played many 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 times on all kinds of different systems over the years uh uh and i've played it once <laughs> we should come we should we, we should come back to this out out of the news environment <laughs> all right uh let's return to that okay thank you simon one life left video game news with All right, you're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM and on the internet wherever you are in lockdown. Uh, We're a video game radio show. This is the section of the show where we would typically have a guest. We haven't quite worked out how to do that yet, have we, Simon? Not quite. We almost got Dan Marshall on, but then he was busy. Turns out he he can't do Sundays. What is he up to? I don't know. So we were going to talk about uh, Mario All-Stars and this um, recent uh, uh, trend. Is it, is it a recent trend? Of, of just um, scooping up old games and making them available to buy. Not, not doing much with them. Um, and uh, yeah, but the three Mario games that were, were included in the £50 package were Mario uh, 64... Uh, Super Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy. There was little uh, in terms of enhancements. So Mario 64 apparently had some uh, visuals slightly polished up. Um, Mario Sunshine was in widescreen for the first time. Um, And Galaxy, I don't know, I I, I didn't play Galaxy in the first instance. There were some... I thought that was so got, very interesting, uh, like because I loaded up sixty four and it's very much not in widescreen. It's in four um, three, like smack band in the middle of your screen. There is no fanciness. There's just black bars down the left and the right, um, which is super weird because I've played that game emulated on other systems and it'll just show it in whatever resolution. It'll render it to whatever resolution you're you're running in. 
Um, very, very odd of Nintendo to not take that route because it's not it's not like you can claim this is a you know digital eclipse do those beautiful remastered versions faithful versions of old games they put them uh, together in, in gorgeous packages with you know extra features but this is not a perfectly faithful version uh, in that it, it it has uh, the switch controls are mentioned in the game so if you're going to do that why not output the resolution to the switch screen i i don't get that uh, equally, the controls have changed slightly for Galaxy and for Sunshine as well. Some people were saying on the internet that the reason that the Mario 64 resolution, um, not necessarily the resolution, but the ratio, sorry, hadn't changed is because they think that that would expose some of the geometry and tricks that they originally used in order to make this mm-hmm. effectively the first ever 3D platformer. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. It does make me think... Oh, okay. Maybe there was a reason for it. Sounds then, plausible. That they were, but I wonder, like, why I haven't seen those tricks when I've been playing them at silly resolutions before. Maybe I'm not as good a player as I think I am, or investigative, or observant. <laughs> but what my my uh, first so my intention was to go through them in order. Um, I owned Mario 64 and Sunshine back in the day. Uh, and so I started off with Mario 64, uh, a game that I've often, you know, we've joked about how I will often test the emulation capabilities of whatever hand, handset or uh, technology I've got hold of just to see if it can run Mario 64. That's uh, the first thing that I do. So I, I've, I've played the opening um, a fair few times. What I will say is that uh, it really hasn't aged well, has it? Um, I think that it is very much placed in context by the other games in the package if you play them in sequence as i have done over the course of 15 minutes thoroughly uh you can see how how the controls and particularly the camera becomes more sophisticated in each iteration and there are definitely quality of life improvements by the third one um galaxy that you very much miss in the first one that said at least the first one is basically joypad controls. Galaxy has Wii controls in there, which are um, are emulated on the Switch with motion controls, uh, the gyroscopic controls that are built into the Switch controllers. And it really, really, I find it very, very difficult, very, very awkward, which sort of speaks to Nintendo's ability to design a game for a platform. Uh, and in in you know uh, in the Wii version in Mario Galaxy, they're designing for a really really weird control system, you know the Wii Mote, and it's always going to be hard to like produce an emulated version of that without the Wii Mote. Um, I'm still enjoying it, or at least I did enjoy it for five of those fifteen minutes. I'll go back <laughs> to it. One assumes I'll go back to it. But me playing uh, Super Mario sixty four through in order just. Um did remind me that there is no... I don't think there is any game in which swimming has not been a chore. Uh, And then you go into Jolly Roger Bay (laughs) quite early on, and it's just unplayable. Um, So, yeah, I I thought, well, you know, I set off with noble intentions of... um, uh, of playing the games through and 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 seeing the credits on each of them, so I'm going to stop playing Mario 64 mm. and move straight on to Mario Sunshine. 
which I also didn't enjoy. <laughs> but we're all holding out for Mario Galaxy Two in the uh, in the DLC, which we assume we is coming. Well. Well, are we though, Steve? Because let me tell you this. After struggling with uh, Mario Sunshine, which I thought looked glorious, mm. um, you know, a smile on your face again, particularly as we're all inside at the moment and the weather's turning, you're actually going to uh, Delfino Isle, um, was, uh, was uh, yeah, genuinely brought a smile to my face. When you start failing shrines because of the control, spe- specifically because of the controls, mm. You're like, this isn't a test of my skill anymore. It's a test of my willingness to overlook some <laughs> fundamental flaws. Um, so, yeah, again, uh, I thought uh, I thought what I, I would enjoy reappraising Sunshine, and I really didn't. To the extent that I fired up Galaxy, uh, played the intro, and then I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm really concerned that I'm not going to enjoy this either. I'm going to stick it on eBay while it's still got some value. <laughs> really? It's up there now. It's up there now, Steve. Is it? Uh, how how yeah. much are you looking to recoup at the moment? What is your percentage? Well, let me tell you this, and I hope my uh, my eBay customers aren't listening, mm-hmm. um, but I paid £45 for it okay. from Amazon uh, using their pre-order price guarantee. Um, and uh, I put it on there. So eBay's uh, changed a lot over the years. It, it, it now basically does everything for you. It recommends a starting offer. Mm-hmm. Um I got offered £38 for it uh, from somebody. Not bad. But I was too too late to respond. So they've retracted that offer, but it is up to £21 at the moment with six days to go, Steve. Good news. I, uh, we sold a chair on eBay. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, the other day. Right. I've been trying to get rid of a chair for ages. Um, okay. It's a, if, if anyone's listening and wants it, it's, a, it's an Ikea a rocking chair. And it's just... You know, it's fine. It's in good condition. A couple of scratches on the uh, the front left corner of the uh, lower cushion, thanks to our cats. But, it's, you know, it's, it's basically in almost mint condition. I don't know if it's rare or not. I suspect not. But, um, yeah. Well, how, many cha- how many rocking chairs have you sat on? Uh, well, just this one. So well, there you go. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say that it's unique. Uh, it's in unique. this home. Uh, yeah, try to well initially try to sell it on uh, local local markets. I don't know if you've ever tried doing that on on Nextdoor or I've, Facebook. I've never local sold a chair. Well, I've never sold. Well, a chair. here's what happens. Here's what happens. I'll, I'll just guide you through this. What happens is you stick the chair up, and immediately you get someone messaging you, but it's very sketchy. And it's like, I am very interested in that wonderful item that you have listed for sale at such a competitive price. I was wondering, could I come and collect it for a value that is somewhat less than the value? Like, And you can tell they've just cut and paste this message, just dropped it in there. And they're never going to turn up. Because if you say yes, then they'll look at the item and then they'll be like, actually, I don't want that IKEA chair. Um, ultimately, like people try and rip you off and or they try and they... they say they're going to come around and get it, and then they change their mind. They don't do it. It's basically a nightmare. So ultimately, put it on eBay. Someone bought it, um, and now they've stopped responding to us. No! So we've got the money, uh, but the whole whole reason to sell this chair was not, you know, not to recoup against the cost of the chair particularly, but just to get rid of it, because I live in a London flat and it's tiny, and we have no more room for this rocking chair. Um, but yeah, person's it's cursed. I think it just 
but that said, if you, uh, I say it's cursed. Maybe it's cursed in a good way. If you want a rocking chair and you're in South London, please let me know. Like, absolutely let me know. And if someone's collected it by then, I'll let them know that you're interested once they're bored of it. Um, we're One Life Left. We're a radio show about video games. <laughs> Here's some music. We're a flea You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, we get all of our music from chipmusic.org. It's not possible for me to credit it in the show because we had edited it in after the show. Uh, but that was... Spoil the magic. But that was them, and it was absolutely excellent, and you can find out who it was. <laughs> you can find out who it was in the show notes. Uh, thanks so much to our under-caretaker, Phil for doing the show, for uploading the show uh, and making sure that people who aren't listening to Resonance 104.4 FM, the best radio station in the world, can hear One Life Left. Um, uh, also, you know, I hope everything's going well for uh, with Ben, uh, our caretaker. Uh, he's on paternity right now, but Phil, our under-caretaker, is doing an exceptional job. So thanks to him. It's time for the letters. Yep, thanks too to the people that have been writing in this week. I say people, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what I mean is person. Uh, and by person, I mean David Hunt. Thank you, David Hunt. Thank you, David For emailing Hunt, in. Like he, says, um, in. he says, hello team, welcome back, David Hunt. <laughs> Short and sweet. I mean, you know, he said what he needed to say. And uh, yeah, thanks for having us, David. Um I was going to read out some uh, tweets, but actually the most recent tweets that we've received were those complaints about the sound mix of the last show. So I hold my hands up and take full responsibility uh, for that. Uh, Tim, Tim Miller actually was was asking whether we could supply him with an alternate version 
that didn't have the music bed. <laughs> uh, maybe so we can do that. Wait, maybe we could do that for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> Thank you very much to all our letter writer this week. <laughs> If you want to, uh, if you want to participate in the One Life Left letter section, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. Here's some more music. We're back. Uh, this is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, we do a thing called Marioki. Marioki is video game karaoke. And we're doing a very, very special event this week for special effect. On Friday night, we will be running our 500-song library. It's karaoke, but with all of the lyrics rewritten to be about video games. Uh, you can join us on twitch.tv slash singmarioki. Uh, you can uh, sing along with us. You can donate money. And if you donate money, you will activate our smoke machine and our confetti machine. The more con- more money you donate, the wilder the confetti will be. Uh, if that isn't enough reason to join us on our stream, which starts at 8pm on Friday, if that isn't enough reason, then another reason is all of your money, all of the money you donate will be going to special effect. We're hoping, you know, fingers crossed, to challenge the amount of money that Fall Guys have raised for special effect, which was what, Simon? Oh, it was half a million dollars, wasn't yeah, it, something, easily? Something like that. Yeah. You know, it's a six-figure sum, uh, we think. So that's what we are targeting for this Friday's One Life Left. But, you know, if we... Uh, sorry, this Friday's Marioki. If we raise anything, e.g., for example, 500 quid like we did last year, we will be delighted. So please come and join us for that. Uh, the reason I bring up Marioki is not just because of that, but also another another thing happened this week. 
uh, for Marioka. We had our final gig of the year, final final real life gig cancelled because of COVID. Uh, we were going to head to a conference uh, at the end of the year, but quite quite rightly, I think the conference <laughs> has said, yeah, uh, we're not going to do karaoke at our event which is going to be socially distanced so no more real life marioki until next year it's been a challenging year for conferences hasn't it simon very much so yes i don't think any have happened since um february it's been yeah we've been doing them all from our son's bedroom those (laughs) are the conferences that i've been attending you know back in back in february we were all looking for one and march we were all uh, looking forward to going to GDC in some form and sort of willing it, you know, selfishly willing it not to be postponed. Mm. Um, but uh, since March, no, I don't think that there has been anything happening in IRL um, within the games industry. I've um, that said, I've I've travelled to more countries virtually than I've ever done before. Have I you? Did, um, I did uh, one event in Italy from my son's bedroom. Um, I did one in Brazil from my son's bedroom, all the while wishing I wasn't in my son's bedroom, but I was in those countries, which I've never actually travelled to before. Um, So, yeah, you know, I am getting out more by staying in more. It seems funny that, like, back in February, uh, when all of this was kicking off, when GDC was umming and ahhing about cancelling i mean they weren't uh, but there was sort of a a feeling from the community it was like will they won't they it was it, it didn't seem clear at the time and we were all quite surprised when gdc uh didn't go ahead but now they've they've said they're not going to be running an event in march next year uh they're hoping to come back in in summer i think right uh of of next year yeah it's gonna it event. is gonna change it isn't it um we always um at uh, work always uh, use gdc as as a marker in the year you'd fly out there in march it would often be pretty pretty chilly in the uk you'd get out to san francisco where it was uh, it was sunny sometimes warm bordering warm but then fly home and that was almost the start of spring proper uh, you bring the weather back with you mm. how are we going to know what season is it now <laughs> no idea and, and i've seen some other conferences have announced uh, you know they're coming back maybe sort of end of april which seems you know seems like it'll be tight but no one has any idea what's going on and the best you can do is hope that you're you know because this is a lot of people's livelihoods um and has been like every live performance like Marioki has been severely damaged and interrupted by this sort of stuff. I've been really impressed by how conferences have adapted to the internet, uh, to the sort of distanced version of their event, but it's also very, very hard to distinguish between them, isn't it? Um, In a way that wasn't the case when you were literally flying to a country and experiencing that environment and the sort of uh, different feel of a conference based on the people who are hosting it. Well, yeah, it's um, it, yeah, uh, we've been involved in a few this year from um, uh, from a publisher point of view, and we've genuinely missed not being able to stand in front of uh, our players and you know watch them 
as they try out a game that's now out for a few months and chat to them about what they liked about it and what they didn't. So um, finding a solution to that sort of thing, I think, uh, would be welcome. I think outside of the uh, uh, out of the B to C, the business to consumer uh, events, the B to B ones with talks and panels and stuff like that, they've they've managed to get some content out there. And you know, as you say, I think it's been great to see a lot of that content being offered for free or or much cheaper than it would have been to attend them in mm. uh, person. But um, can you imagine? going back to a world where we're going to shake people by the hand again i know i know imagine that seems feels risky doesn't it super risky all right is it time for reviews i think it is time for reviews isn't it simon what have you been playing this week uh yeah that's the thing about doing this remotely that we can't do the bully you know bounce somebody (laughs) doing their review first can we uh, you got me good and proper there. Yeah, so as mentioned, I have been playing Mafia, the definitive edition. Ah, which okay. Which is a, a remaster um, of uh, the old uh, Mafia game, which uh, I don't really remember uh, from when it first came out. Um, obviously, people liked it enough for them to contemplate the remake. Now, so I can't tell... Uh, or or I I haven't been able to spot whether there have been any um, significant uh, gameplay differences but clearly uh, what's 2k and actually it's been it was uh, it was made by Hangar 13 in Brighton this this remaster what they've done uh, is they've taken uh, the original game and just brought it bang up to date so it's a it's a gorgeous looking um, crime uh, open world crime game although the uh, at the moment I've, I've, uh, I've been playing it for about about three hours at the moment there doesn't seem to be the sort of open world busy work that you tend to get in these games so it's been quite focused quite tight but absolutely gorgeous um, game uh, set in the fictional city of Lost Haven brackets actually Chicago um, it tells the story of you, a, a Tommy, a taxi driver who gets inadvertently caught up with the mob. Um, and uh, yeah, like all good mafia films, uh, it's, I mean, well, I, I, I think I know where it's going, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really fun to play at the moment. Um, although, yeah, I am, I am a little worried for some of the, <laughs> some of the characters in the game at the moment. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a mixture of uh, open world driving um, uh, and then third person action, uh, which yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying. Shows how to do, um, or how to, how to remake uh, something, I think properly. What's what, I've been a bit confused by the Mafia trilogy though, because they've all, so, so obviously it's a trilogy, so there are three of them. Um, all three of them have been remastered, but this one uh, came out last. So they remastered Mafia 2 and Mafia 3. Um, but it's this one which I think they are using as the sort of poster child for the series re- remaster. And, and it, to, to, the state, well, to a certain extent, that um, that's showed by what they've been doing on Steam is that I, for some reason or another, I've been given... Uh, Mafia 2 and 3 uh, the enhanced version so they've been um, presumably handing them out to, to previous owners so yeah that's 
that's pretty generous thanks 2k <laughs> uh, but it's it's, um, it's this first one which I believe is the is, is, is the one that they spent a lot of uh, care and attention on and that's probably why I didn't get it for free uh, score 7 out of 10 I've got a few games to talk about um, go on I would like to talk about The Almost Gone now I don't know if you know this game or if you remember this game but it is a game that so one of my favourite things to do at conferences is to bump into you Simon and um, I don't know if you remember all of our sort of idyllic almost end of conference times at the Swiss Games Stand in I do uh, I've always enjoyed the Swiss Games Stands at Gamescom yeah so the Swiss Games Games Stand at Gamescom is uh, is a a lovely place because they give you chocolate and all of the games look beautiful Uh, and they're they're really kind now this is in a floor at Gamescom which is business to business uh, so it's a little less empty uh, than most of the places and all of the stands are themed around a country and you can sort of have a little it's like being at Disney World isn't it a little small world you you wander from country to country oh I'm in Sweden now <laughs> oh I'm in Switzerland here's the chocolate I'm in Finland Bl- wonderful water in Finland very clear they give it out in plastic bottles it's nice um, and there's the UK stand usually big heavy presence there right like lots of business going on there sneak my way in see the same old people year old slightly further away from the other European yeah every year (laughs) Uh, but um, this game is a game that I think I think it's uh, from the Netherlands and I think we've seen it there several occasions or I have and um, last time I saw it was last year I guess 2019 and I genuinely did a double take because I was surprised it wasn't out yet Um, it's beautiful and I, I talked to the guys, I was like, I think I've seen you, and I think I've had this conversation with you before, and one of them was very weary about it, was like, it is definitely coming out this year. Definitely. So, it's called The Almost Gone. It is beautiful. Uh, very, very simple, low-poly graphics, gorgeous palette. And each room in this game, which is essentially a, a point-and-click adventure game, each room in this game has objects in it which you can click on and then they pop out to inset graphics which are also beautiful and then you may find objects or puzzles inside these things. You can also rotate these isometric representations of the room 90 degrees, scroll them around, find other objects and move from room to room, find a key to undo a lock which takes you to another room, rotate some parts of a puzzle, unlock another thing. It's great and it's gorgeous, it's mysterious and it's weird, but it did unveil something in me uh, that I've been aware of but never really sort of articulated for a while. And the way that I play story puzzle games now, which is I've noticed over the last, I don't know, five or six years that people are treating video games as more of a storytelling medium. Maybe that's because of the course that uh, Dexter is on, I don't know. And inside that medium, uh, more people are using the medium to tell really, really traumatic stories, right? Now, I don't like reading sad stories or watching sad sad stories, which has never been a problem in video games because most stories are about triumph, you know, killing goblins and saving the princess or prince or whatever. 
increasingly video games have stories that are about the death of someone close to you or the breakup of a relationship or something that I really don't want to spend, you know, the time it takes me to watch a movie doing, let alone the time it takes me to play a video game, most of which are too long. And when I can feel this happening, as I could feel happening in The Almost Gone, I mean, you can infer something from the title there that is not good. I find it much easier to walk away and go, yeah, so I played this for an hour and it's all getting a bit bleak and I'm understanding something about my mother's alcoholism and uh, <laughs> the breakup of a family She here. did like a drink. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to walk away from this now. Um, so it's beautiful and it's brilliant and it's bleak. Seven out of ten. Have you been playing anything else? No, that's okay. uh, that's it's been quite a busy week, but uh, yeah, something getting stuck into Mafia. I hope to have something new for you next Didn't, week. Didn't uh, Will Porter work on that? He did something to do with I it. Yeah, I've seen him retweeting praise for it. I, I think he worked on the on the dialogue. Let's say he did, because that segues nicely into the next review I'm going to more briefly do, which is A Monster's Expedition. I think I might have mentioned this already, uh, but I completed it last night. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Really, really enjoyed it. Exactly the right size of game and also the right difficulty. Some of the levels super, super challenging, but never to a point that I felt like I couldn't complete them. Uh, It's, as I mentioned last time, it's a block puzzle game. In this case, it's uh, the blocks are trees and you are rolling them around the place to try and move from island to island. Um, It's also got the nice kind of thing where I've completed the game, but there's still lots of the map to uncover and I really want to go back and do that. So I'm likely to do that. Script uh, written by friend of the show, Pip is absolutely brilliant really really gentle and nice and kind i know that last week i also trailed that i was going to review hades let me briefly do that um i was bullied into playing that by a viewer on twitch downloaded it knowing that i don't really enjoy or sorry hadn't enjoyed bastion which was Supergiant's first uh, breakthrough game found the script grated on me a bit um what was the next game that they did? Can you remember? Uh, Transistor. Transistor, I liked 50% I'm on the of. pub quiz team. Thank you, very good. Uh, I, I liked it, but there was part of the game I, I, that annoyed me, can't remember what it was. Hades really, really, really enjoyed, uh, despite thinking that I wasn't going to. The dialogue in it is absolutely fantastic. The script's great. Um, it is a roguelike with really, really feisty, punchy combat. It's got that structure which so many games have now, which is you go into a game, you grind around, you die, you come back to the hub, you upgrade your character a bit, then you go back into the game and you find it a bit easier uh, this time and ultimately you are expanding uh, your ability um, as in the you know you're getting better at the game but you're also even if you're not getting better at the game your character is getting stronger enough and you can reach into deeper areas. Um, so yeah, I think I might go back to that. Uh, I know that Dan uh, Dan uh, Marshall is a big fan of the game because I've seen well, because of everybody it. banging on about it. I've bought it, but I've yet to play. It. Who knows? <laughs> maybe we can chat about it. Chat about it. Well, next maybe week. you can check my working next week, uh, <laughs> and we'll see. Uh, seven out of ten. Good. That's it. We did it. That's it. Just about did it again, Simon. Should we try and get a guest next week? 
By, so that sort of question, shall we do... Is that you asking me to do it? It is not, because I think I've no? seen some people tweet at us. So didn't didn't those uh, didn't the developer of that game that we've both reviewed reach out to us? I'm going to say yes, but I don't know what you're talking about. Let's say yes, and if they didn't, let's find someone else. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy talking to you. It's nice talking to you, but I you think we too. need a third voice. And while Anne isn't here, we need to find that third voice from outside the One Life Left stable. Good. Well, so if you could, if you think you could be that third voice, email team at onelifeleft.com. Until then, uh, we'll speak to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening. Please, please write in as well, because we need more letters. Uh, and, uh, you know, tell your friends about One Life Left and about Resonance 104.4 FM. Bye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. See you. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>